0: Hello you beautiful people, this is Gary Horn and this, this is the NWA, a podcast celebrating the past, present, the future, the history, the legacy, tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, talking about that National Wrestling Alliance and today I have another special one for you. I am currently recording this on my cell phone, so if I sound a little weird, well get ready because... All of the audio here sounds a little weird compared to the normal studio setup. Uh, first of all, let me just say, today I welcome Mr. Tim Storm. Ever since I started this podcast and became a fan of the National Wrestling Alliance, Tim Storm. Obviously, if you started out like I did with 10 pounds of gold, you are a huge fan. Tim Storm's a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He can be seen regularly on NWA Power Tuesdays, 605. Facebook, YouTube. It also can be found on demand at Fight TV. Mr. Storm's had a little bit of streak of bad luck, I guess you could say, on the show, but he was nice enough to still take the time and sit down and talk to us. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulty, so when I'm talking about sound, we did have some issue with the Skype setup, so we ended up, I, I downloaded an app, just to be honest with you, that I've never used before to record a phone call between Tim and myself, and we made it work, and so the audio sounds a little off from the normal studio setup, like I said, but I think it is still perfectly fine, and hopefully you will Enjoy it. Tim Storm can be reached on Twitter at timstormnwa, Instagram at tstorm01, and of course, I'm on all the social medias as at this is Gary Horn. Now, all that out of the way, let's just jump into the reason you're here and get some thoughts on Nick Aldis behind the scenes. Oh, and of course, because. I'm an amateur. I just want you to know, straight up, up front, I did almost forget to mention Mama Storm, but stick through it because she does come up at the end. I promise you, there there is Mama Storm talk, and actually, that is my fault because I should have. Uh, ob- obviously, she's one of the most over characters in the NWA, so I would not have wanted to have an interview leaving her out. So, all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tim Storm.
1: Okay. If technology is on our side. It's recording now, please. No, well, how you feeling today?
2: I'm good, man. I am uh, sitting in my chair in my man cave and just relaxing. Usually, I'm at the gym at this point, but I decided to take the night off. What is working out like for you? Like, do you do you have like a specific diet you follow and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. I'm just this is yeah. I gain weight really fast, and it doesn't come off fast, so I try to stay in a you know like in a certain weight range. I work out Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, right after. You know know I'm a school teacher, so I'm at work until 4, and then I go straight to the gym just about every night. And then, you know, in in a perfect world, I'd be wrestling on Friday, Saturday, and then traveling, you know, getting home in time to work out on Sunday. And then as far as diet, the thing that seems to work for me, well, the only thing that really works for me is, like, the low-carb keto diet type thing. Man, I'm one of those guys, I was, like, I think when I
1: graduated, I was, like, 180 or something, and I'm six feet tall, but all of a sudden, it's just, like, my metabolism just didn't work anymore or something. It
2: just didn't. I got, I mean, you're still young, though, right? I mean, the bad news is it gets worse as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I turned 40, and I remember kind of convincing myself, okay, my my metabolism has changed, and this dieting doesn't work, and... Really, what it really meant for me was I don't really want to
1: diet.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm just not consistent with it. And when I turned 50, it seemed to change again for the worse. And, you know, it's just a constant battle. So it, to me, it, it comes down to, like, just what works for me is I just have to be stupid consistent. You know, I have to go all the time and I have to do cardio every time I go. And I've got to eat way more chicken than I ever want, you know, that kind of thing. So, that as long as I'm standing up in front of people in my underwear, I basically have to do it.
1: So. <laughs> I bet, yeah. I uh, I saw some old videos of you and stuff, though. But you 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 seem to have bulked up, or like you just trimmed up, or like what it was. Like your body type seems a little different than you you did at a certain point. If that makes sense. I'm not trying um, to be weird. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. There was, there was there was a time that man, I can't even remember how long ago it's been, but I was wrestling a lot, and I probably weighed three twenty. And had long hair and a big, nasty Fu Manchu mustache. And I was kind of doing a biker gimmick and wearing a whole lot of gear to cover up the fact that I was just big, you know, that I was overweight. Yeah. And I just, I got to a point where I decided, okay, I'm going to, my knees are killing me, my back's killing me. I'm just going to have to change something, you know, if I want to keep doing this. And I just got serious about the diet and got back in the gym it's commitment and consistency and it's not easy but with my my family high blood pressure and all that kind of stuff runs in the family so you know i have to kind of watch that stuff as best i can no i hear
1: you i got diabetes in mind so that's what i'm always trying to avoid i don't want
2: that my brother's got it and it's miserable it seems like i've got a niece who has it and she's she's actually older than i am i was born an uncle when i was born i was already an uncle but She deals with diabetes all the time, so it it looks miserable. Well, I guess since I'm actually
1: recording, I'll I'll spare the intro and stuff. I'll just tack one on here. But, uh, Tim, thank you so much for uh, joining me today to do this. I appreciate you coming on. I uh, talked to David Lagana. He seemed to appreciate that I did okay talking to people, (laughs) and I wasn't a crazy person.
2: Well, you you and I talked in Atlanta some, and we talked about doing this and that I want to do it. As far as i'm concerned we're all we're all on the same team, and we're all kind of trying to get to the same place and you know it's kind of what what we should do is work together and you know for the most part, I think i haven't i don't think I've had a bad experience doing these kind of things really, and I was excited to get a chance to talk with you so you know i'm looking i'm I'm excited about it I appreciate you having me
1: you said there that you would do it definitely and uh Sorry, I'm, I'm sitting outside now that we've worked it out that I can do it on a phone call. So I just sat on my front porch, talked to you if uh, you hear dogs in the background. No worries. Yeah. I'm, a dog, I'm a
2: dog guy, so we're okay. <laughs> okay. I wish they'd shut <laughs> out, though.
1: <laughs> so, so I was listening to a few interviews with you and learning a little bit about you. In the, In our brief conversation that we had, like at the press conference right before the tapings, we talked a little bit about you... Being different than Nick Aldis, you said you had listened to that interview with him. He had known at like 14 or 15 that he wanted to be a professional wrestler. You were kind of the opposite of that because you didn't start till 30, is that right?
2: Yeah, it, but I knew, you know, I think all of us that that are in wrestling, we all have probably that moment where we went, oh, my gosh, I want to do that. And mine probably happened at 12 or 13, something like that. My moment, that I my first wrestle, wrestling memory was watching, a sh- and I don't even know what it was, a show out of uh, Oklahoma with Danny Hodge. That's how old I am. But, it's, you know, that Danny Hodge was wrestling. And he was wrestling under a mask, and everybody knew that it was him but couldn't get the mask off of him. But my, my moment was Mid-South usually came through Pine Bluff Convention Center once or twice a year, and uh, it was a big deal if I got to go. And the main event of that night was Andre the Giant against Ken uh, Patera. And Andre picked up Patera for the finish, and his feet hit the light over the room, and it just started swaying. And I just, it was like voices in my head, and fireworks went off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the greatest thing in the whole world. I have to do that. But, you know, I didn't start training until I was 30 and probably had my first match when I was – I don't know, you know, maybe 31. I don't know. So it's not that I didn't. I just didn't make the commitment. I didn't make the step until I was 30. Life had kind of taken over at that point. I had married and two kids and a house, and I was the vice president of a, a small company. And you know, car payments and all that kind of stuff. And it just wasn't. It wasn't my nature to step away and go. Okay, now I'm going to wrestle and forget all that stuff. You know, it, 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 but it definitely came late in life for me.
1: You said um, in, in one of the interviews I heard. I think it was with Jason Powell to give him credit, but you you had mentioned there that even as, as VP of that company, like you had considered doing it, and you had talked to like the power plant, right? And, and but the VP of the company didn't uh, wasn't interested in you doing yeah. that kind of work. Is that is? Am I understanding that right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. It was uh, it was a it was a I don't want to say a startup company because he'd been in business for a while, but he was he was expanding rapidly and. I was a big part of that expansion, and I'd worked there for a year or two. And he—he he was the president, the owner, and I was the vice president. And and I, you know, just kind of randomly said, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about trying this." And his response was, "No, I don't think you want to do that." And I went, "No, I really do." And he went, "No, I don't think you do." He said, "I don't think my vice president that that's what you're representing me. I don't think that's what I want you to do." And of course, being the kind of person I am, I did it anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I've always had the desire, and I've always thought it would be. It was something I wanted, and you know he wasn't supportive, but it, it didn't—I it didn't take away from my job. You know, at, at that time I trained for—I trained for six or so months, and I was probably in the ring way, way too early for my skill level and you know for my knowledge. Uh, but I was a big guy, and you know wrestling always seems to find a place for big guys. So uh, you know it was an opportunity for me to do. In my very first match, I remember the guy, one of the guys that was training me was in the match, and he came to the back, and he goes, you know, first off, I couldn't breathe. Uh, I had no no idea what cardio was like in a wrestling ring. And I got to the back, and he goes, you know, for a first match, you did pretty good. And I remember telling him, I've waited 30 years for that, to be able to do that. So I, I hope it was decent, but, you know, it's it's what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, you said in that, uh,
1: at the press conference we were talking, you you kind of broke it to your wife and – you said you'd always wanted
2: to do it, and she was kind
1: of like, "No, you haven't."
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. and we still laugh about that when I told her, "Yeah, you, you said it exactly." I told her, "I, I think I want to do this. I've always wanted to," and she goes, "You've never mentioned that before." You know, no, you haven't. It just wasn't something that I don't want, You know, it just wasn't something that had come up a lot because I was doing life. Uh, but when the opportunity came up, and like you said, when I when I first started getting interested. And pursuing and I made the calls that probably every other guy did. You know, I called the power plant and I remember at the time, I think their I think their age cutoff was 30 years old. And I don't know who I spoke to, but I remember saying, what if I'm, and I, you know, I kind of laughed. I said, what if I'm really close to 30? And they weren't going to say no because they wanted my money to, to try to come in and, and for the trial. But I also was not in a position at that point where I was going to walk away from my responsibility as a you know, a father and a husband and all those kind of things and uh, not be able to pay the bills. So power plant wasn't an option, and I found a guy that was very reputable and experienced and well-known just a couple hours away from where I was living, and I made that trip a couple of times a week for six months. And it was, But it it worked out really well as far as the training. Yeah,
1: it's funny uh, you tell that story with the, the power plant. I was literally listening to uh, an interview today with James Storm which I assume no relation.
2: Um, no. <laughs> not, not as far as I know. So,
1: <laughs> Right. He was telling this story about when he first broke in, and it was in, like, Tennessee, and, oh, gosh, I wish I can remember who he said, but, but he was talking about he made it through, and at the end they just told him, you know, he was, like, one of the only people that – was in the initial class he started with, and they were telling him that he was just the only one dumb enough not to quit. That they He had, <laughs> he, he had learned that they they were, like, torturing these guys and really just wanted you to come in and pay the money and sign mm-hmm. up, and then they hope you just drop out, and then they've got your money. So it's, it's weird that the wrestling business is always funny, some of these stories I hear, that like, there's some just some odd... I don't want to say dirty, but it just sounds kind of dirty the way some of this stuff works out, especially think, for a guy like you.
2: Well, I think that a lot of that—I think that was very common, and I, I'm not—I'm not going to say a name because I'm drawing a blank on, but but even uh, you know, like Mark Calloway, his original story—he paid somebody in Dallas to train him, paid his money, and I think he showed up once and you know for training, and the second time he showed up, the ring was gone, the guy was gone. You know, that, it's, I think it's a I think especially especially then, that was not unusual. It's just that most guys didn't know that that was the norm. you know now today today, if somebody cancels a show last minute there and if it's a if it's a big show, it's all over media, and everybody knows, and now everybody's kind of alert. back then, there was none of that, and word didn't spread. you know there were a lot of people out there that basically wanted to wanted to sign you up, wanted to take your money, and their goal was to run guys off. Just so they could keep the money. I don't know that that's not out there now, but the reputable training facilities that I know of are not that way at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is it is the most difficult thing I have ever done athletically. You know, it 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 the com the skill level that's necessary to be a professional wrestler is unlike anything else. Um, Were you
1: always an athlete, like in school and and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean. I guess it's debatable, the quality of athlete, but I, you know, I played, <laughs> I went to a very small high school, and I played uh, football and basketball, I, I went there on a football scholarship, it was a private school, and then I went to Washita Baptist University, I played football there for a couple of years, and I played, you know, I, I don't want to give you the list, because it gets all boring, but, you know, I swam some, I played tournament volleyball, I played a and a lot of people out there will get it, and some people will shake their heads and go, what? I played I played softball at a very, very high level and traveled on a traveling team and did that for a long time. And, you know, something athletic, challenging-wise, always. And wrestling, to me, was like, okay, when I first started, it was like, oh, this is going to be a great challenge. And it took about 20 minutes for me to realize Okay, first off, it may be the most challenging thing I've ever done because it goes against physically everything I've ever taught myself to do, and I had no clue how how tough the cardio was going to be, and I, I probably wrestled extremely poorly for two or three years uh, before I actually learned a lot of things that I needed to know to be successful. It's it's a constant, <laughs> it's a constant learning process in professional wrestling, and if you ever get to the point where you think, oh, I know it all, you really probably should get out because you're not going to keep improving.
1: So so you mentioned too and I, I want to get into more of the wrestling stuff, but I'm just curious now because one of the big parts of you since the ten pounds of gold stuff started out is like all this uh like you're a school teacher, obviously. I feel like that's like almost with you like anybody who watches the NWA it's like, Yes, Tim Storm is a school teacher, duh. We all know that. <laughs> but uh you you were talking earlier about you were the VP of a company, like how did teaching
2: get involved there? Uh I've done a lot of things. I worked my first job out of college was with a newspaper, with the distribution and sales and those kind of things. I, I worked for a radio station for a while right after college for about six months. I did a little sales and a little on-air stuff. And it, I, I've run two, three different companies, and it, the t, it, it, what ends up happening, especially if it's a small company, is if you're successful and you do a good job, and the company sells you basically worked yourself out of a job you know, because, you know, they they sell, they make money on the sale of the company that you helped build, but then you don't have a job anymore because the larger company already has its own, you know, basically its own management network set up. And I just kind of got tired of that happening. It happened two or three different times. And I felt like, well, I'm working really hard, and I'm really almost like I'm being punished for being successful. You know, the teaching thing came up. I tried subbing some. And thought, okay, I actually am not bad at this. You know, this is something I can do. And, I mean, here's the positives, and there's a lot of positives to teaching. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've never wanted to do anything but wrestle full time. But the positives to teaching are I'm done every day at, by 4. I'm in the gym by 4.30 every day. I'm off every weekend. There are no, There's no weekend work. And I'm off three months in the summer, two weeks at Christmas, a week at Thanksgiving, a week at spring break. You can fit a lot of wrestling you know, dates into those times off. And that's, from a wrestling standpoint, if you have to have a job, that's not a bad one to have.
1: Obviously, I don't want to get too personal or anything, but uh, you're talking about that, and I'm thinking about, like, some of these guys, I mean, as far as I know, they just try to work all the dates they can and do wrestling. It's just, just like a balance you've found that you can do both of these things, and it just works out well for for you you know what what's what's the reasoning there for for trying to do both at the same time?
2: well, wow. you know here's where you're i'm just i just tell the truth, so it's just financial you know if okay. truthfully if I could well you know and if I can wrestle full time then I'm gonna do that, but I also still have now married a house, car payments, two grown kids, five grandkids you know i have I have responsibilities and and I have to weigh one against the other. You know, if I'm not, would I love to, have to wrestle full time? Yes, absolutely. And in tech, you know, in Texas and uh, surrounding areas, you can do that. There's not a ton of shows that are happening on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that that you can work a full schedule. And you know, one one of the biggest things that I've had to, I guess, adjust to is, you know, I can still do just about everything I've ever done in the ring that I could do twenty years ago the the challenge now is it hurts worse for a lot longer you know the recovery time it takes longer and that's just part of your body changing as you get older you know at this point i don't know that i could work six or seven nights a week i'd sure give it a shot because i'll i'm passionate about wrestling i'd love to do it but the reality is i don't know if my body could hold up to that at this point and that's just a, that's just an adjustment that you have to make as you get older
1: how do you how do you feel right now, like as far as like do you you know you hear a lot and you started a little later, you know, but I mean do you feel good overall most of the time or is it sorry, I'm asking all these personal questions I don't think
2: no I don't mind it's not bad it's it. they're good questions it's it's a weird uh balance you ask me how I feel right now sitting right here in my Uh, Somebody told me it was the only grandpa thing they'd ever heard me say. Sitting here in my recliner right now, you know, watching wrestling on TV or whatever, I I feel pretty good as far as my body. You know, it's I have put a lot of hard miles, a lot of damage on my body, but I just try to be smarter. You know, I have to have to be more aware of the recovery. I have to work harder ahead of time. That's why I'm in the gym so much. It's a it's a daily balance of what today when I go in the gym what am i doing and what will my body do if my if i can't do the cardio that i used to be able to do because my you know my knees on certain days i've had i've had a couple of knee surgeries boy now here's here's things I've, i don't think i've ever said this in an inter- interview i've had a couple of knee surgeries i don't have any cartilage in either knee and both my ACLs are slightly torn so wow. if, on those days you have to balance and say okay well today this is what's hurting and i may have to adjust my workout to do it but but if you want to be successful and you want to, if you have pride in the way you look to be a professional wrestler, and I think we all should, you have to be able to work around those, whatever that means on that given day. And some days it's pain management. Some days it's, okay, if I'm doing shoulders today, maybe I can't do overhead presses because, you know, this is hurting and I'll just change it up and do this. You know, it's, it, I think it's just working smarter.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And, and Tim, everything I'm
2: asking you, by the
1: way, because one of the things I've been kicking myself about is, like, when well, we talk press conference. I talked about that 10 pounds of gold, and I said, do you still feel like you could carry it? Do you still feel like you could carry that responsibility? It weighs more than 10 pounds, like when you've when you've got it. I feel like your age gets played up a lot, or at least, you know, you, you told me there that, that all this brags on you about that or mm-hmm. rips you. <laughs> but but uh, I, I regretted even bringing it up because I watched you on the first night with you and Aldis, and, man, you don't. The, the age thing to me doesn't seem to be a factor for you. Like, I mean, you, you still look as good as anybody else out there, so I, I don't mean to, you know, hang on to it too much, except I think one of the cool things is, is I don't think that anybody ever sets out to be the, the mentor, the older mentor or whatever, you know. And I don't think they necessarily all set out that way. But one of the cool things about your story that you have is that you started a little later than most people start. And for people like, as I get older, I look at people like you, well, first of- people like you and I'm like, well, you know, ain't, ain't that old, you know, you know, as we start creeping up in age, it's just, right.
2: uh, it's all relative, right? It's, all, it's uh, all, perspective. As you get older, that doesn't seem so old anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I think to myself, what, what I was trying to say really is just that I think some people need motivation too. You know, when I asked Aldous about like what it was with him that kicked into gear at 15, that he just knew that was what he was going to do. I'm just as equally interested in what it takes for, like, somebody like you, that's why I'm asking you these questions.
2: Basically.
1: Right. At 30, you decide it's not too late. I can still go do this thing because I'm past 30 now. And, you know, I'm just now starting to do stuff like this where I'm like, you know what, there's no reason I can't. Talk to guys like you and learn a little bit. But it's it takes something different to like motivate you. It's just it's also encouraging to see when somebody starts a little later sometimes. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. Does that make
2: sense? Oh no, absolutely. And I can only speak for myself. I, I never got I never saw my okay, first off, let me start with this. Until Billy and Dave and the first ten pounds of gold, there were – and you you may have heard this on other on other things that I've said, but there were two or three things that in the wrestling business, all of us, me specifically, protected that I that I grew up and I was taught these are the things you don't talk about. You don't bring your family into it because you want to protect your family. You don't tell people what you do for a living if you don't wrestle full-time because the reality for most of, you know, what we want to present is it's, hey, we're all millionaires. We all go around, you know, we all drive around in limousines and we make millions of dollars and, you know, and the other thing was, for me specifically, is I did not talk about my age because I didn't want people to know how old I was. I don't want to be the old guy. I Still don't want to be the old guy. But back to what you said, I never set out for in this to hey, I'm going to be a mentor or I'm going to be an example or I'm going to motivate. But I'll I'll tell you one of the benefits to especially you know I opened up I opened up for Billy and Dave and because they said here's the here's we just want to present who you are. We think you, We think that's a good story. We think, you know, there may be people that might like it and connect with it. And, and for the most part, they did. And I opened up and just said, here's who I am. This is what I do. And it's kind of, it's, it's fun to see how consistent, you know, Billy Corgan and, and Dave Lagana are on their stuff. One of the things that Bill, that uh, Billy said to the room at NWA uh, at our first, at the first studio taping was, we want the talent to have a chance to show their talent. We don't. They don't tell us what to say. They don't tell us what to do. They go out and say, "You do your thing." And if you connect, you'll get rewarded for it. And if you don't, you may not. So, and that's kind of the way the ten pounds of gold thing that had happened. I was never given a sheet that said, "Here are the here's your talking points. Here are the things we want you to cover." Dave asked questions, and we just talked, just like you and I are doing now. So what I as I get messages on whatever, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, I'll get a private message where somebody will say, Hey, listen, you've motivated me to get in the gym. Well that's a plus for me, right? That wasn't what I set out to do. But they'll say, I'm an older guy or I do this and now I'm gonna get in the gym because you know, if you can do it at your at where you're at, I can do it. And thank you for you know, so that that's a plus. It wasn't what I set out for. Uh, but I'm glad if anybody can benefit from it. It's crazy I, I was thinking about
1: this uh before we we got to talk about how, I I can't remember where it was I saw or heard it, but somebody was saying that, like, in this day and age, you can't have a true babyface person. Uh, That just doesn't work anymore, you know, ever since you're stone colds or your rocks or whatever. And uh, I I watch you, and uh, ever since the very first 10 pounds of gold, I'm like, that guy is it. I told I told Nick Aldis I said it must be a day off when you've got to look like the a hole up against Tim Storm. <laughs> <Like it> just, <laughs> I was like, because it just you do it, you ever like I don't know a single person that that watches you, and I I don't know if that's a lot of weight to carry or like you know it's a cross to bear so to say <laughs> that you're like everybody thinks the world of you, but everybody feels for you, man. You you were talking about the aches and pains and even talking about the things that you went through. I think about like the empty arena match and you falling off that turnbuckle onto the ladders. Uh, and uh, but that not only for now knowing, you know, just like how bad that must have hurt, but then also, you know, people felt
2: for you. They were like, No, not Tim. You can't <laughs> do that to Tim. But here's here's the like that that particular uh fall you know, it was it was nasty, and everybody's like, "Man, that was great!" But I—that's not how I pictured it either. So it didn't make anybody feel better. And, you know, yeah, that I—that was—I won't say that was almost a career ender, but it took me—I don't think I have said this out loud. It probably took me a year to get over that bump, not the match. And at some point, you'll hear this in a promo because it's—I think it's hilarious, and that's the way my mind works. I think of things, and I think, "Ooh, I got to say that." So I hope I'm not like spoiler alert, but. You know the song was it a country song that that said I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was oh yeah, yeah, and that's but that's that's how I feel i don't there are I can do anything just about that I've ever done in wrestling, and I can do it i think I may be wrong, but I think I can do it at the same speed and with the same impact and do all the things I used to do, which is not a lot by the way i'm you know i know I know my limitations, but it's uh it's I have to be smarter and choose my points. When I do them, I, one of my favorite wrestling books is is Mick Foley's first book, and he talks about you know he not he never considered himself a great athlete, and he said that he knew that there was going to be maybe once or twice a year that he was going to do something that was potentially damaging to his body. And, that, and that, don't get me wrong, I don't ever want to do anything that's you know long term damaging. But he no knew twenty foot drops for you, yeah, yeah I, but. But that you know nothing. Okay, I'm passionate about wrestling. Nothing's out of nothing's out of possibility. But you know his whole thing was he knew there was going to come once or twice a year where you had to do something like that, and that's kind of the way I look at it. it. You know, there are things that I did in the match with Nick that I felt were necessary to try to win that match that I won't do. You know, a whole lot. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say I won't ever do them, but you know, I I try to be smart and try not to put myself in a position where I'm going to do that long term damage. That particular bump, again. Not how I pictured that at all. When I, uh, it wasn't the first ladder that did the damage. It was the second ladder that was on the floor that I landed in with my head. That you know, just it shouldn't have been there. It's my fault. I you know I anyway. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, that one took me a while to get over.
1: So when you won the NWA title, that was against Jack stain is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Man, Jack he seems yeah. like a beast. He is. So I was going to say Jack's a monster. He, I, I consider Jack's my friend, and I know that he's. He's undergoing a physical change right now where he's really getting lean and but the thing with a guy like that he's going to be a monster no matter what because for him lean is like 270, you know, 265 and I think I think that was probably my fourth shot at that title against Jax and I we might have had a, a DQ finish in there but for the most part he beat me. I know he beat me in Las Vegas and I know he beat me in Mississippi. We just got in there for every match, we just, we laugh about it. We got in there and absolutely just beat the snot out of each other every time. Uh two big guys just hammering on each other. And I, I, I specifically remember the match in Las Vegas. The crowd was uh, you know, I think I think if you're a if you're a wrestler and you're you want to want the crowd to be into it, ideally you want it to be just loud and crazy all the time and you feed on that. They were not that way all the time in Las Vegas, and it was because I don't think they've ever seen two guys hit each other that hard uh for so long and yeah and so Jacks gave me another shot, but he did it basically he gave me home field advantage, and it, you know it was you know one of my closest friends and probably my the guy that I travel with the most when I wrestle now uh is a guy named James Beard who under the old administration was, I think, uh, a talent manager for the NWA. i was actually going to ask you about yeah. him. I've heard you bring him up a few times. Uh, he's, he's, you know, I've been very fortunate. And in, in one of the things that I think is the opportunity that's missing for a lot of guys in wrestling today, young guys that are coming up, you know, if you came up in the old system, you were in the car, five or six nights a week with experienced guys and you were told keep your mouth shut listen and learn and you learned in those situations and and that's that opportunity is not there for a lot of guys but I have been very very blessed that in my time I have gotten to sit under the learning trees with some incredibly knowledgeable guys and most of that sitting in a car you know driving to to the next event and you know guys like uh Matt Bourne and You know Tim Brooks and and even more recently, uh, you know for a while, Lance Hoyt and I traveled quite a bit together. And you, but when you travel with those guys, you can get instant feedback from a match. James has been has been invaluable from a learning perspective, and he's also become one of my best friends. And just just to put him over a little bit, he's he's the only referee in that I know of in history, and I think that's a fact because when he was a Hall of Fame inductee. Cauliflower Hourly, that's what they said. He's the only ref- American referee to work in every promotion in both the US and Japan. Uh he was one of the bookers at the Sportatorium for world class. I mean he's done everything, he's been everywhere. And to be able to travel with that guy and just pick his brain. You know, he changed me as a professional wrestler. And and not only all that, but not not just that, but he's also a really good person. So that that that's anyway, that's that's my spill on James. That's my me be, being honest with that.
1: No, no, I appreciate that. I, I thought you might want a chance to, to tell people about him because he, he seems like a big part of your story. So speaking of good people, I have to – this story, I, I know that you've probably heard it a, a thousand times now, but, you know, it's crazy to me what kind of integrity it takes for a person to – this just builds on your legacy, but you're the NWA champion. You've you've had it from Jack Stane. And then Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana take this thing over, and when they take it over, it was not like uh, everybody was happy and cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's an incredible understatement. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so they there's some there's some unhappy people, and you had plenty of opportunities where people wanted to give you something to screw them over, for lack of a better term. But you still didn't take that. And for a guy who's working two jobs here, basically, it sounds like there were some great opportunities if you wanted to be dishonest, I suppose. It,
2: it, it's You know, it's a thing where, okay, here's what people don't get. They kind of get it. They just, they're just they not sure. I, I read something the other day, somebody's comment about, well, it's wrestling, so it's a work, so why are you believing it? But that's the weird thing with me is that what I'm saying, I believe. <laughs> so so when I, when I talk about how much the NWA means to me and how much holding the title meant to me, and how much not having another op- opportunity for that means to me? How much that, how deep that hits me? That's that's the that's the real for me. You know, people say all the time, "I believe what you're saying." What? Well, I, I hope so because I'm I'm telling the truth. You know, and I, sometimes I'm saying it like I, I might be a little bit different than I would say it if I were sitting at home at the dinner table or whatever. But with what you just said, it's like yes, it it was. I'm not going to say it wasn't tempting. If, if Somebody in Japan says, Come over and drop it to my guy and here's how much I'll pay you, you have to that gets your attention. And it wasn't just, you know, Japan. It was, it was there were was guys here who saw with the with the transition from one company to another, the people that were unhappy were the people who just weren't sure where they stood with the new regime. But the to and you have to listen and you and yes, you think about it. But honestly, it's a deal where if I believe and I'm as passionate about the three letters NWA as I say I'm. And if the title means as much to me as I say it does, it's not even an option. If it's true, right? I mean, if I'm if I'm right, if I if I'm just use, if I'm just using the words and don't mean it, okay, you really may be a temptation, but it never was because it was that important to me. I mean, I remember early in my training going up to a promotion in somewhere in northern Arkansas, which is, by the way, that's where I grew up and that's where I trained, and they were calling themselves something NWA. I don't know what. I remember that was like the high mark of my, at that point, of my wrestling career because I was going to wrestle for the NWA. That meant something to me my first year of wrestling. And I got up there, and it was, you know, completely not affiliated. They were just using the letters because they meant something. Up there. But it, still, it meant something to me then, and it means even more to me now. So, yes. I think you have to have integrity. I think that, you know, you have to have integrity and that sometimes that's lacking in the business, but if I'm sincere about how I feel about the you know the national wrestling, world, that's that's, the, that's just what you do.
1: So you mentioned that the NWA means something to you and I think that yeah. that's something that has we found out really especially with the debut of this NWA power. It seems to mean something to a lot of people. If not just the letters, the whole atmosphere the something something about this style of wrestling this style of show the way things are presented it's it's obviously speaking to some people because they're coming out of the woodwork just, the show is huge on youtube like, what what do you think it is exactly
2: do you have any ideas i, I think you said it though because i i made this comment at the tapings that i walked in i walked in really Almost feeling like okay this was this has just been me all this time, and again we we talked about James, I know James feels that way, I know there are other people that feel that way that i've talked to, but here's the this was the unique thing and i'm not gonna I'm not gonna say guys' names anything like that, and just because i don't they may or may not feel comfortable with it, but almost to a man, guys who have worked at some of the highest levels of wrestling in the business walked into that into that studio it was all of us we were like kids again and you can feel that you can feel that enthusiasm you can feel the passion there's something about it that just is different it's unique and it wakes something up in people and we had a locker room full of guys and and you know in this business and and, and a given those were hand picked guys that billy dave you know whoever else not you know again not saying names who, who had a, had a had a hand in picking those guys those were hand-picked guys for their talent and their personality and their ability to cut a promo, but to a man, almost every guy felt that. And I think, I think fans are the same way. I think that there's been a for years. People have said we want something different. We, you know, we need an we need an alternative. Okay, and that's fine. But really, what we've got, it is different, but it's back to what it was, and that that connects with people. I grew up. I, you know, I've said this over and over. NWA 605 on Saturday nights from Atlanta, Georgia. That was wrestling to me. And and I, I tell I've told this a hundred times. I got three different wrestlings on Saturday because of where I lived. I got Memphis. I got I got Georgia Championship Wrestling. I got the NWA. And at night I got Sportatorium. But what defined wrestling for me was that Georgia Championship. It was it was Georgia. It was NWA. That was wrestling. And for the for the fans that show up, for the guys who are wrestling, even if you walk into that building, you walk into the studio and you walk you see the setup and you see those three letters, that old school skirt on the on the ring on the apron, the apron on the ring, and this has the old blue and gold NWA and you see the I guess they you know, they took the Georgia and they kinda they the Georgia Championship Wrestling logo and turned it into the NWA. you know, they that I don't know man, it's just something it's something special. And I think that connects with people. I don't know what anybody's expectations were. I think it's exceeded expectations all the way around as far as how people have perceived it and how it's connected with people. I'm sure there, I see negative things, you know, whether it's about me or whether, whatever. But it's connected with people because it's different. It's different in an old way and it's, it's real. You know, it's real to people, but we 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 all connect with that, and that's why that's why we're all watching. That's why we're all doing it.
1: Yeah, you say negative stuff. I, I I'm sure you get you see different stuff flowing through than I do, but I haven't seen online. I mean, overall, like if you want to find something generally on Twitter or wherever that's negative, you it's usually not hard to find. Right. But as far as the NWA stuff, I I have seen overwhelmingly positive reviews of this stuff and all of the critics or uh the dirt sheets as some people call them and those kind of things even those guys are all raving about nwa power as far as i've heard you know everybody appreciates just this this old school approach of uh or what's old is new again of just letting the guys go out there and talk and then you go out there and 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 wrestle um, was it was it complete chaos that day for you guys? You're from a time where you don't want to. I say that like you're you're a caveman or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, but but I, I know it's a, it's a weird thing you were talking about behind the curtain kind of stuff. But what's that like for you? Like the organization of the whole thing? And I, I was there, so the reason I'm asking you this, I guess,
2: is because
1: I saw you guys do like four shows in one day. Right, that must have been crazy.
2: Uh, you know, I think the I think the burden on that for is different for different guys but a lot of us have done that before you know i i was a part of a, an organization uh that that was the norm we did that about i don't know i think we had shows every other month and <clears throat> i think we did four tapings you know so that means on any given night you might have three matches and you know four promos and whatever and but but i'll tell you from my standpoint cuz like i was you want that as a professional wrestler, you want that. The more you're in there, the more you're on camera, the more excited you are, you know, and the more you feel a part of it. It Physically, it can be taxing, but I'll tell you, it's as far as the backstage stuff, considering it was the first time to have everybody together and everybody working the role they were in and production and cameras and directing and, and all that kind of stuff that was going on, I thought it was extremely smooth. And I, and the the finished product that you see, I, and this has been since the very first episode of 10 Pounds of Gold, it always exceeds the expectation that I've got. And, and and that expectation builds because they're so good at what they do. I think that we all, at least for the first episode, everybody involved in that, we all watched it at the same time that every fan watched it because we, that's when it was available because they wanted it to be new for us too. And I'm blown away every time. They, you know, Dave and Billy and, and that and that crew put something together because it's just so good. Yeah, I agree
1: with you. It's it's turned out amazing. I've even been surprised to see myself on there a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but I'll tell you this: it, there's there's a point on the pin when I get when the match is over and I can I see your reaction above everybody else. Yeah. And that's a good thing. For me. I mean, that's that's. I want to say I was more disappointed than you, but your reaction was way better than mine. So. <laughs> well.
1: Tim, it was uh, you know it was a heartbreaking moment for for a lot of people, but yeah, especially for you because it's a uh, you know supposedly your last chance at the ten pounds of gold. But I, I say that. Well, first, let me ask you this because I have to say this. I've been giving you all this credit in the world for the integrity, the man that you are. But I saw you do a low blow, and you got kind of <laughs> desperate there. Some at a certain point, Emma.
2: I think I told you uh, the day the day when we did the interview at the press conference, because I I uh, went into that match with a different mindset. And I think my comment to you was, I'm willing to do just about whatever it takes to win this match. Yes, man of integrity, but I'll be honest with you, I'd do it again, you know, in that situation. And maybe I should have done more, you know? I don't know. I just, you know, going forward, that's it's going to be a difficult decision. As far as you know, what I'm going to do, you know, how I don't know right now what the future is going to be for me. I, I've, I'm fulfilling bookings. I know that that I've already that I've already mapped out. But what people don't understand is the realness for me is <laughs> when when if you if I make this statement, if I say that NWA World's Heavyweight Title is what has defined me as a professional wrestler, and then now I look at that and say that's not a possibility anymore. It, that almost borders on heartbreaking, right? I mean, so for, what am I doing? And other people say, like I see posts that say, "Well, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Tim storman whoever, or you know, go after the tag titles, go after." All of those are great, and those are all prestigious. And boy, this sounds this sound may sound bad, but when you have stood at the top of the mountain, anything for anything after that. It doesn't meet that, you know. You don't get that same feeling. It's not the same accomplishment. It doesn't mean it's not an accomplishment. But when you've been at the top, what's next? So to say, I have, I'll never get another shot at that again. Okay. So where do you, where do I draw that motivation now? Pride, yes. Passion for the business, absolutely. But what's next? You know, and that's that's what I'm searching for. It's not always a good place to be. I mean, a
1: lot of people were happy to see you team up with Eli Drake and shoot for the tag team titles, but that ended a little rougher than expected. Yeah. And, and Nick Aldis came out to check on you, and I don't know how good you feel. way or the other Nick Aldis? I don't Coming know how today. good
2: I feel about that. I mean, that's such a that's such a. Let me let me talk about Nick just for a second, okay? Okay. Nick is absolutely unbelievable, and and I mean that in a po- most positive way. He literally is the full package. It's taken about two years for Nick and i to i guess get completely comfortable with each other and or, you know all that kind of stuff and he's incredibly intelligent, which you saw on your when you interviewed him. He is bigger than anybody thinks he is i've I have wrestled him what three times now, and I've been around him a uh, a a lot, and every time I've seen him, I'm like, oh, he's bigger than I thought every time he's probably six four maybe six five he's an amazing athlete, he's a technical wrestler. How many guys that are six four, six, five are going in up to the top rope and hitting that top rope elbow he's a he's a great promo guy he's an incredible champion. And I said the other day with and I meant every word of it i think he i think he's probably the best champion in the business today, so all of that is positive, and the negative is he's the guy that beat me that now I don't have another shot so how do you put those two things together how how are how do I say all of those positive things and then with the caveat is and that's the guy that's going to keep me from ever getting another shot, you know. But that's my that was my decision. I don't have any regrets. A lot of people. It took me nine months to respond, and a lot of that was the opportunity. When the opportunity came up in that spot at that show, at that studio, and the first taping, and the main event. Okay, that made it a lot easier. But everyone's like, "Well, you only you only need one shot." Okay. Well, what if what if I have a bad night? You know, what if I make one mistake? Am I willing to put everything that I've worked for? that I drive for that motivates me, am I willing to put that and say, okay, I only get one shot. So, man, that's a a really weird, uh, absolutely nothing but respect because he deserves all of the respect he can get and more. He's got the weight of this company on his shoulders and he's done a fantastic job. On the other hand, while I'm laying there, the guy who beat me and who's keeping me from getting another shot is the guy that came out. I had mixed emotion. Now, what I was actually feeling was, wow, my back really hurts. This sucks. <laughs> and I just got pinned. That sucks even more. But then it was like, oh, well, there's Nick. Okay. Well, I'm glad he came out to check on me. Like, oh, I wasted my, my M&M
1: quote on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, who knows, man. I don't – I'm I'm just me. That's what I tell people all the time. I'm just me. That's the way my mind works. There's so many no. quotes in there that need to come out.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. That's That's what <laughs> – that's what makes people love you, Tim. And <laughs> Now, I, I will say this, though, if, if I can just throw this in there. I was thinking this over as I was revisiting some of your stuff today, and I thought, you know, that Josephus match, the MP Arena match, it didn't go the way you wanted it to then, and that was for your title shot. So you were still able to bounce back from that, and it, you know, is it just that while Nick has the
2: belt, you don't get a title shot?
1: Because you may not have that title forever,
2: you know? And, and, and here's here's where I struggle. I try to be a man of my word. I don't know the answer to what you just asked. My perception was you will never get a shot at this title. That's why it was such a big decision. So, you know, never say never, but at this point I don't know how it would happen or how it would work or, you know, what it would have to be something really... Uh, Unusual, and it wouldn't come from me because if I said this is the way it's going to be, then that's my intention, you know, along the same lines, I also probably would never low blow anybody in a match, but I did so we'll we'll see we'll see what works out, but you know at this point i'm i just i said if i if I lose, I don't get another shot, and that's kind of where I'm sitting right now, so
1: I will not say never, I refuse him. <laughs> You're as big a part of the NWA as, as anybody else, I think, at this point. And your name is on the list of, of champions, of uh, holders of the 10 pounds of gold. So that's that's something to be proud
2: of no matter what. You have been the man. You are the man still. I think everybody can still call you champ. I'll tell you, it's the night that I wanted. that's what was ringing in my head. When you win that, you have no clue how long you're going to you know there were a lot of people that thought that was like the pat on the back thanks for everything you've done probably a short term deal and i ended up holding it for you know 400 days but the what kept ringing in my head was my name's on that list no matter how long i hold it they can't take my name off that list and with the passion and with the like my love of wrestling history that in itself means so much all right tim you've got a Family to get back to, and so do I. So
1: I guess I, I could talk to you for forever, but maybe maybe someday I'll get a chance to talk to you again. And uh... yeah,
2: I, I meant what I said. I, I see this as a as a team effort. You know, when we when we were kind of setting this up, I I told you I'm all about this. Is just this is a conversation. Anytime you want to have a conversation, we we can talk. I enjoyed it, and we're trying to get to the same place. We want the NWA to be successful, and you're working as hard as we are to try to make that happen, and, and boy, are we on the right road. It's so exciting right now.
1: It is. I, I hitched my wagon to it for some reason. I was like, I want to be behind this. I love what you guys are doing. I, I'm hoping for nothing but success, and if I can be any part of it, I want to be. Again, I, I know I probably say this a, a ton, and, and it's I don't mean it lightly. It is an honor to talk to you, Tim. It really is, and I appreciate you
2: taking the time to to do this, I appreciate it, and it, it's it's been a been an an honor to talk to you too. So anytime you want to do it, everybody needs to hitch their wagon to this because what we've seen is three episodes. We are in the the very early stages. It's just going to grow from here. Everybody needs to be on board, and uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. There is nothing better than those three letters in WR. That's
1: right. So that's why
2: uh, all that kind of
1: downtrodden talk
2: you had there before.
1: Let's not let's not lean into that. Let's lean
2: into the positives.
1: People need more Tim Storm.
2: Uh, well, I appreciate that, man. Here's what I'm positive of. The NWA is already and is going to continue to be a success. That I'm absolutely positive of. I can't think of a better way to end it than that, man.
1: <laughs> I, I had like a Whole list of rapid fire questions I could probably go through with you, but I actually will probably just save that for another time. I think you.
2: Well, the only the only thing that the only I can, you know somebody somebody on uh, that I that I know not personally, but I've do. Do you know who Duke Bennett is? I don't know. Okay, it's, he he has a podcast. I think he's out of New York or something. But he sent me something the other day, and he goes. He said you need to you need to have a Mama Storm T-shirt and you need to work Mama Storm into everything you do. And I, I, it, that came out, okay, first off, that, that was Dusty Rhodes inspired, by the way. But it's Wait, true. okay,
1: just so you know, just so I'm not being dishonest with you here, I uh, totally somehow forgot to bring up Mama Storm, so I'm no, 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 now no. probably going to leave <laughs> this in.
2: <laughs> that, that's what, no, that's what I was going to say, though, is that if I if – I, I struggle with that because that w- that in itself was a sincere statement too, right? I mean, when I said that, you know, that's wrestling. You say something and you don't know people are going to attach to it. So, I'll, how about this? All I can tell you is, um, Mama Storm loves me and she loves BMW. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. She's she loves me more. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> she <laughs> she would be really happy if if I told her like, okay, I call her every day when I leave school. That's what I do at four o'clock. I call Mama Storm, and right. Every Friday, she'll ask me, "So what are you doing this weekend?" And it's an open-ended question, right? Because really, what she's asking is, "Are you wrestling?" Because she doesn't. <laughs> she does, she she just doesn't. She doesn't like to think about me wrestling. And the second thing she'll ask me is, "How far away is it?" You know, because she wants to know how far I'm going. And you know, it's always a uh, battle for me to tell her without worrying her you know, where I'm going and what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. So it's always better to tell her afterwards. Uh if she knows I'm okay, it's better. And again, that's part of the that's part of the funny thing is it's it's just like the rest of me. What I say is real. <laughs> it's like she really she really worries that her baby's you know, I'm I'm one of four children. Two of us are gone. The oldest is living and I'm the youngest living and I really am Mama Stone's baby boy. And that's that's she'll that's what she introduced me. This is my baby, you know it's my mom's my mom's a tie I think she's five two you know she's a tiny <laughs> lady she's ninety four about to be ninety five so uh yeah, when I say that it's 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 absolutely true mama's mom's Mama Mama storm's baby boy, oh yeah, there's
1: no way that that can't.
2: Become a thing
1: somewhere. Somebody needs a Mama Storm shirt. Or when I heard that, just break out in the crowd. It was, yeah, was... incredible. I wish I could take credit for it, but it just uh...
2: somebody sent me a shirt design the other day. It said Mama Storm's baby boy established 1964. I laughed and I thought, oh, that's greatness. And then I thought, okay, seriously, who wants to buy that shirt? I mean, it's funny, but you know. Would you wear that shirt out if you weren't going to wrestling? If you weren't going to NWA, so I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll show up at some point. It probably won't come from me, but it'll, it'll probably show up at some point.
1: Based on word, I, I would say that a lot of people would be interested in that shirt. So, yeah. I, I mean, Adam Rotella. I, I'm sure you've seen Adam. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, he uh, he's he's become my partner now. With this thing, we decided to combine forces. But he is like all about pitching like Mama Storm action figures and everything <laughs> else. He, is, he, is, he, posted,
2: he posted something the other day. I, I uh, it's, it's just, it's it's the struggle of just being me, who I am. I, po- I I copied something. I took a screenshot of something promoting NWA ticket sales or something, and he copied it and he goes, he goes, I can't ever tell. He said it's so perfect. He said none of Tim Storm's stuff is centered. None of it is. You know, he said it's it's exactly what you'd think you would get. He goes, I'm pretty sure it's a work, and he's doing it on purpose. And I almost responded with, "No, that's really just the way I am." It's I just. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he makes me laugh. He's been a supporter from the very beginning. He he jumped on two years ago, jumped on board the NWA, and he's he's been a supporter ever since.
1: Well, that's that's what happened with us is. uh Lagana said, you know, he would do the interview if we combined to to interview him together. So this last one we did was with David Lagana. And and Rotel is not as interested in interviewing, you know, so nobody thinks I'm leaving him out here. He he just, he was kind of like, I prefer you talk to people. And I work on like the social media stuff and all of that. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool that it gets brought. He and I have become pretty fast friends. He's a completely different personality than me but it's it's worked out the nwa did that they brought us together to to where together we're both passionate about making something happen with this all right well tim you tell mama storm that the whole world loves her right now and at least like 500 something thousand people according to that first episode have have heard her 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 name has been chanted.
2: She she got one of her. I told her about the first one, and she got one of her friends. She calls it the Facebook instead of Facebook to pull it up on the Facebook so she could watch it. And here's a, here's this is not a direct quote because I don't have that good of a memory. She said, "Well, I watched I watched your match on the Facebook, and I heard them chanting my name, but I cannot believe you're going up on that rope and jumping off that. How are your back? That's exactly the way. That's exactly the way the conversation went. She could care. I mean, she cares more about her baby boy than anybody chanting her name, and that's that's she's she's something special. That is. That's that's awesome. That's how a mom is supposed to be. So that's I don't I don't
1: think know. we'd accept any less for Mama Storm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no worries there. That's who she is.
1: Tim, t- thank you so much, and, and thank your family for lending you to us. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you. All right. All right. You have a good night, Tim.
2: Right. You too. Thank two...